Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, There is no Savior Beside Me. It shall be focused on a study of Hosea chapter 13. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we know that outside of Thee there is no salvation, so we don't seek it anywhere else, not in our deeds, not in anything we can do, but we seek it in the power of the cross. For we said, Father, by faith, with Abraham and our forefathers, they pleased Thee. So we come, Father, and we say, may our sacrifice of faith be acceptable before Thee, and help us, Father, that our lives might be a living epistle read of all men. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Hosea chapter 13. Chapter 13. When Ephraim spake trembling, he exalted himself in Israel. But when he offended in Baal, he died. And now they sin more and more, and have made them molten images of their silver, and idols according to their own understanding all over the work of the craftsmen. They say of them, Let the men that sacrifice kiss the calves. Therefore they shall be as the morning cloud, and as the early dew that passeth away, as the chaff that is driven with the whirlwind out of the floor, and as the smoke out of the chimney. Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. I did know thee in the wilderness, in the land of great drought, According to their pasture, so were they filled. They were filled, and their heart was exalted. Therefore have they forgotten me. Therefore I will be unto them as a lion, as a leopard. By the way, will I observe them. I will meet them as a bear that is bereaved of her whelps, and will rend the call of their heart. And there will I devour them like a lion. The wild beast shall tear them. O oh, Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. But in me is thine help. I will be thy king. Where is any other that may save thee in all thy cities, and thy judges of whom thou saidst, Give me a king and princes? I gave thee a king in mine anger, and took him away in my wrath. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up. His sin is hid. The sorrows of a travailing woman shall come upon him. He is an unwise son for he should not stay long in the place of the breaking forth of children. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O oh, death, I will be thy plagues. O oh, grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. Though he be fruitful among his brethren, an east wind shall come. The wind of the Lord shall come up from the wilderness, and his spring shall become dry, and his fountain shall be dried up. He shall spoil the treasure of all pleasant vessels. Samaria shall become desolate, for she hath rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword, their infants shall be dashed in pieces, and their women with child shall be ripped up. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham, titled, It is the Rising of the Sun. This was preached in 1965, on April the 18th in the morning. We'll begin at paragraph 44 up to paragraph 78. 
I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Now today we have a tuberculosis Easter seal. People send a message one to the other and to support this great uh, uh, fun or drive for the doctors and medical science to work upon uh, uh, something to retire or to help the tuberculosis. They are seal, what we call an Easter seal, when we send message one to another. But when we receive the message, that seal is broken because the seal is what's got a message bound on the inside. And now the true Easter seal on this sunrise was broken and the secret of life after death was revealed. Before that time, we didn't know the world uh, grouped in darkness, groped around, man's suspicion, theories was among man's heart, tradition made up. Man worshipped idols, they worshipped the sun, they worshipped all kinds of gods, and all kinds of people that made claims. They all went into the grave and they stayed in the grave. But the real seal had been broken. And one who once lived as we live, died as we will die, was risen from the dead. What a morning. Never one like it in all the history of the world. The secret was made known that he was both resurrection and the life. And he said when he come forth on that morning, because I live you live also. Not only was he the beneficiary of the resurrection, but all those seed that was resting in God's great providence was a benefactor of that resurrection to life because he said, because I live, ye shall live also. That was the breaking of the seal because he was brought up so will everyone that in Christ be brought up with him. At this glorious sunrise, God had proven or vindicated his word. All the glooms and doubts that have moved in people's minds was taken away. Because here was he who once lived, eat, drink, and fellowship with mankind that said, I have power to lay my life down. I have power to raise it up again. And now, not only had he made the statement, but he proved it to be the truth. Oh, what a glorious thing that is. I'm sure this morning that even we who believe it cannot comprehend what a great thing that was. Because he raised from the dead, we also have already raised from the dead, for we were in him. Notice, now, as the gloom covered the earth and the seeds could not live without the S-U-N to rise, and gloom had covered the earth, and now the S-O-N was risen, and all gloom was vanished by this light as it spread across of the nations to the people that he is not here, but he has risen. 
What a what a statement. He had proved his word. He had proved it be to be true. For he had now conquered death, hell, and the grave, the trinity of the devil. Death, hell, and the grave. For Satan is the author of death. He is the possessor of hell and also the grave. And that was the trinity of Satan being caused by one thing that was death. Death, you go up the grave and being a sinner, you go to hell. All the very one thing, the trinity of Satan, which was death, that had held man in captivity all these years. But now, the true trinity of God being one, manifested in Christ who was life, and it broke the seals and conquered the enemy and rose up the one true and living God. I am he that was dead and I'm alive forevermore as a keys of death and hell. God in one made man and dwelt among us and conquered every enemy and it proved that the trinity of Satan was conquered and that the trinity of God was made known because only God alone had power to bring life back again. He was that Emmanuel. God had been manifested in the flesh. No wonder he could claim there, Matthew the 27th chapter, all powers in heaven and earth is given into my hand. I send you to be my witnesses to all the world. He had conquered both death, hell, and the grave. Not only did he do that and come out triumph with all the power in heavens and earth, all that was the Father, all that was the Holy Ghost, and all that there ever was was in him. All powers in heaven and in earth is given unto me. Everything else is powerless. He had conquered it. Now, and then not only that, he sent word to his disciples, his believing, fear not, for I am he that was dead and is alive again forevermore. I have the keys to death and hell. I've already conquered it. Don't fear anymore for every foreordained, predestinated seed of God shall come to life when that light spreads across the earth of the glorious gospel in every age. It'll bring forth the crop that God ordained it to do. He is raised from the dead. Oh, what a wonderful thing that is. I am alive or quickened. The word means, the word quickened, the Greek word means that something that's made alive after death like the, the seed that goes into the earth. It has to die every bit of the seed. It has to rot every bit of the seed. And every bit of the life that was in the seed has to come forth again. He was quickened. Not only that, and will send the same life that quickened me, the power that brought me from the grave, I will send it upon you to quicken you that where I am, there ye will 
be also. In Luke 24, chapter 49, verse, he said, Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But tarry ye, or wait ye, in the city of Jerusalem, until you be endued with power from on high. To show that not only did he draw all the benefits out of it, but he shared those benefits. He come to redeem or to bring to life those predestinated seed that God seen before the foundation of the world and put their names in the book of life. And here they are on the earth without a hope. He came not only to be the blessing, but to share the blessing with every predestinated seed. Now, if the seed wasn't on the earth, it could not live. It had to be on the earth and also germatized. No matter how long it's kept in darkness, it'll come forth when the S-O-N shines upon it. Notice, now, he come to share it with us. No wonder the gospel is good news. The very word gospel means the good news. The good news what? If a man died for sake, that's good news. If Christ is born, that's good news. But never a news. Never was there news. Like this news. That he who made the promise has confirmed the promise. And he's alive forevermore. And has the keys of both death and hell. In his hand. All the gloom was shut away. There was no more gloom to be seen. For the sun was up from the grave. There was no, oh, he will come or he may come. He had already come. The gospel, good news. Notice the very message of the gospel itself is to prove to the people that he is risen. Go tell my disciples that I am risen from the dead and I'll meet with them to confirm this to them. Oh God, how in this last days there shall be light again across the earth. I'll prove to my disciples Go tell them that I am not dead and I'm not a tradition, but I am a living Christ. Amen. I'll meet them. Take this message to my disciples that I'm risen from the dead. The gospel good news, you say, is that right? Hebrews 13, 8 said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We as beneficiaries are to prove his life is in us now the beneficiaries of this life the life there never was a life lived like it he was the son of god and he died and that shut it out but when he raised again from the dead on easter morning then we as his servants are commissioned by him to go into all the world and to bring this good news to every person that he is a living. And how can we do it by word only? For it is written, the gospel came not by word only, but through the power and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit to 
life. Now, if there is another gospel that Paul spoke to one of the groups, I am so surprised that you turn to another gospel, which there is no other, but a make-belief gospel to a denominational fiction turning from that good news. And because I live, ye live also, and I live in you. And the works that I do, John 14, 12, the works that I do will identify myself in you. What a message. No wonder we've had a dark world of theology. But in the evening time, there shall come light again. There will be a resurrection in the evening time. It shall be light at the evening time. Now, the very essence of the message that was sent that he is risen from the dead. We as beneficiaries, we who share the resurrection with him, draw benefit from this by proving to the world that he is alive. We cannot do it by word only. We cannot do it for some tradition of man. We only reflect exactly what we're pointing to. I'm afraid today that too many of us are not getting people to Christ. We're getting them to a church, to a theory. But we must get them to Christ. He is the only one and the only one that has life. He that has the Son has life. And if the life of a man that's dead be projected in you, you will live the same life he lived. If the blood of a man was a certain type, you took the blood from one man and changed the blood of one man into another, he'd absolutely be that type of blood. And if your spirit that's in you is reckoned dead, and you are anointed with the life that was in Christ is upon you, Romans 8, 11 says, if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it'll also quicken your mortal body. That same life, them same powers, them same beneficiaries that he had here on earth from God, he redeemed you, a seed that was foreknown by God, whose name is put on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. And that gospel light of the resurrection, the confirmation of the word, how did we know he was a Christ? Because he proved what he talked about. How do I know the message of the hour? God proves what he promised that he talks about. That is the identification that we are beneficiaries with him in the resurrection. He proves what he's talked about. What he promised to do in Christ, he proved on the resurrection. What he promised to do in the days of Moses, he proved it. What he promised in the days of Enoch, he proved it. In all the days of the apostles, he proved it. Now in this day, he proves what he said. Because they are a part of that seed that was represented on the book of life that he came to redeem back to God again. Oh, 
What a message. By Easter morning, not only did he raise, but his beneficiaries raised with him. They were in Christ at his crucifixion. They were in him at his resurrection. We are his beneficiaries. Quicken after being dead in darkness, the darkened world of unbelief, where churches and denominations and so forth have drawn us out and there's something in us calling, oh, we want God, we're hungry and thirsty for God. We joined the Methodists, Baptists, Pentecostals, Presbyterians. What more still, there was something wrong. We just couldn't find it yet. And all of a sudden, while we was groping in darkness, the great resurrection came to us in the manifestation of the promised word of God, like he was the manifestation of the promised word of God. I will not leave his soul in hell, neither will I suffer my Holy One to see corruption. He manifested in every word of God that was promised to him. He proved it when he raised on the eastern morning. Now, them who were once groping in darkness and wandering around, if they should wash feet on this day, or if they should keep a certain day, or do a certain set of rules, all those things passed away. For there was a glorious resurrection that defied every man-made thing that man had ever done, every man-made reason. There had never been to that time a man that could lay his life down and pick it up again. He defied that scientific proof they had by raising again. They say that Jesus Christ isn't the same yesterday and forever, that his power isn't the same, that his gospel isn't the same. When the Bible says it's the same, God defied every denomination, every creed, and he moved forth with his Holy Spirit as he promised and proved it to us that he is alive. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we see the sun setting upon the civilizations of this world and the sun beginning to arise on the new Jerusalem and the new heaven and the new earth which shall come down, and we, Father, we look forward to that day. For you said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men what God hath in store for those who love him. Help us, Father, to prove our love for thee while we live yet on this earth. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
Stand. 